everyone. <laughs> Thank you to those that have logged on. Simon's on. Well, anyways, welcome to Planet People. Um, I'll be hosting weekly conversations with other eco-activists and young change makers of the world um, who all have the future of our planet in mind and it's a space to share and learn um, and I really hope it can be equal parts educational as well as inspirational. Um, let me see how I can add Simon. Hey! Hello, how's it going? This is great. Wait, I just need to turn my volume up. Can you hear me? Yes, perfect. Okay, this is very exciting. For those of you that don't know, well, I guess most don't, Simon and I went to high school together in Bangkok. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, uh, now, but uh, pretty cool experience, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're reconnecting this way. Yeah, thanks so much for, thank you for having me on here. Um, sounds like a really good uh, series that you got going. Um, happy to be part of it. Yeah, no, thank you for taking the time to join us. But I guess we can start with it and maybe you can tell us all what inspired you to become a marine biologist, how it all started. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, basically, I'm a marine biologist, ocean conservationist and underwater photographer, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, I learned to scuba dive quite young whilst we were uh, living in Thailand, um, high school in Thailand. Um, yeah, it's kind of where I fell in love with the ocean. I really enjoyed diving, spent a gap year out in Australia working as a dive instructor, um, but quite quickly realized that my sort of interests and passions were more to do with the marine animals and the and the wildlife rather than teaching tourists to, to dive. So I kind of moved away from the tourism side of things and started to work more in conservation and research. Um, great. I think maybe when you first started diving to now, I guess, like 10 years on, is there are there any significant changes that you've seen? Mm, yeah, I mean... Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I haven't been diving too long, only sort of 10, 15 years or so. Um, and I haven't had the opportunity to, to dive again in Thailand since I left, really. So I can't compare like what I saw at the very beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, some dive sites that I've been to um, in other countries where I've been to revisit after a few years, I've definitely seen some areas that are not doing so well and some areas that are doing sort of a lot better or, or the same. So it is a, it's a mix really um i'd love to go back and, and dive some of the in thailand uh, some of them weren't great when i was learning to dive but it didn't really matter um but yeah it'd be interesting to see how they're, how they're doing right now i think it's actually getting better back there i see some of my friends that go diving quite regularly and the corals i think are starting to thrive again with the tourism kind of on hold and pause right now so it's good yeah i did my um my ib extended essay on um, the reefs around Katia, oh, wow. uh, which were pretty dire, um, but I think yeah. Katia's had a real sort of um, revitalization kind of thing, and, and I think it's doing a lot better. Their water treatment is a lot better and stuff. So, um, yeah, I've seen photos from, from some of the reefs there, and they look a lot healthier than when I was there, which is really good. Yeah, I think they're doing more like conservation efforts as well. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, so you also recently 
opened your own nonprofit called Fish Free February, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a month or two ago that we got sort of charity status. Um, I set this campaign up last year. Um, and yeah, kind of going into our second year of campaigning this year, um, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, the, the sort of charity of the campaign or the idea uh, basically revolves around trying to educate people about the impact of fisheries and the impacts people's diet have on our ocean um, and try to promote uh, a reduction in seafood consumption and uh, yeah, try and basically educate people about the, about the issues. Um, so we got, kind of, I guess, four sort of steps to it. We're challenging people to go fish free um, for the whole of February. So don't eat any seafood. It's only 28 days, so it shouldn't be too difficult. Um, and then during that time, you can um, one month uh, sort of lot to raise awareness talk to your friends and family talk to people you're going out to eat meals with if we're not in lockdown um and sort of spark those conversations about the the state of our oceans and and the impacts that fisheries are having on them uh then sort of past the end of february hopefully people will carry on eating less seafood in general um and also when they do eat seafood or buy seafood in a shop or whatever they will be a bit more aware and um keep an eye out for sort of what is a sustainable item uh, where does that fish come from what species is it how is it caught so things like that yeah i think I, well i mean i took part of it this year and i almost completed it except the last week it was a bit hard because <laughs> i was at a wedding but the week after i made up for it i mean i'm pretty much go plant-based most of my time now so yeah yeah, I mean, it's a it's a one month challenge. Uh, we're not asking people to never eat seafood again, or like, no one should ever catch fish again. That's not the point of it. It's all about trying to get people to, to do their part just a little bit with this one month challenge. And then sort of in general, um, it's all about sort of moderation of things like this. Wait, we have a question um, from Naz. Hi, Naz. <laughs> but yeah, I don't can you see the questions? Um, I can see them popping up, but then they're sort of scrolling through, so I can see that. Okay, well, this one says, what are the common labels slash information to look out for while buying fish? Mm, great question. Um, I mean, that completely depends on where you live in the world. Um, here in the UK, and I think I think it's um, a lot of places around the world, actually, uh, there's kind of the blue tick. Um, I wouldn't put too much faith and confidence in that blue uh, tick. If you're based here in the UK, what I would suggest is um, the Marine Conservation Society. They have an app called the Good Seafood Guide, I think, or something like that. Um, it's an app on your phone, um, and you can just basically put in whatever the is, and it will tell you whether it's, yeah. It kind of gives it on a scale from one to five, where it's like, yeah, this is fine, or this is a really bad species to be. It's, um, it's a super hard question to answer, though, because it, A, it depends where you live, like what country you're in. Uh, what type of sort of seafood fish, what uh, species you're interested in, how that species was caught and where it was caught around the world. Um, and then also like seasonality, like if there are sort of better seasons to be catching those species and worse seasons to be catching. So it's really hard to say like, this species is a good fish to eat, this species is a bad fish to eat. Um, yeah, there's a lot more sort of questions that need to be asked. Yeah. And someone's asked if there are any specific ways that you can catch fish that is more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like pole and line. So um, all the sort of tuna fisheries in the Maldives, they use pole and line fisheries. So uh, 
one fisherman who has one line with one hook on the end of it and it's it yeah as sort of sustainable as you can get um and also spear fishing as well if you live by the ocean um and you're lucky enough to do that and and you can sort of go out and yeah, harvest or catch your own seafood that's much more selective because the person or the free diver or whatever sees the fish that they want to eat and sort of takes just that species um fishing techniques to avoid things like uh percine nets um it's quite common for a tuna they're basically huge nets that are put out um and they catch and uh trap and yeah, take whatever is in the water and in areas where tuna are feeding you also get a lot of other marine species feeding so sharks and dolphins and stuff like that feeding in the same area you put a big net around the tuna you're also going to catch all the other um, species which are there yeah do you have any other like statistics you can share about overfishing mm, yeah so yeah so overfishing basically just refers to basically um catching too many of a species or more of a species than can naturally replenish or repopulate the population um and it's one of the sort of aspects of of fishing that fishery kind of raise awareness of um i think there's i think it's one it's between 1.5 and 3 trillion um marine animals a fish are caught every single year um for consumption compare that to sort of 3 billion um cattle or, or, or land animals like 500 times the number of fish that are being caught and you can't really compare fish to cattle it's like apples and oranges so it's it's not really great comparison but it just goes to show the the sheer extent of the amount of fish that um are being taken out of the ocean um and yeah i think it's 35 percent of fish stocks worldwide are um overfished so fishing fleets are catching more fish from those populations than are able to replenish so the population basically um starts to decline um so that's yeah, just over a third of the, the fish populations in the world are being overfished. And then I think it's about 90% of the population of, of fish stocks are fished right up until their sort of maximum sustainable fishing levels. Um, so they are still considered sustainable, but they're really to their max. And if you think about all the other issues we have in the ocean with climate change, ocean acidification, plastic pollution, yeah. Uh, fishing right up until that maximum level is that really the wisest thing to do or should we really be trying to do catch like well below that that um, maximum level and the number of the fish stocks that are fished below that level is just 10 percent. so yeah there's huge numbers of of uh populations that are just being overfished essentially yeah well i think one billion people rely on fish as a source of protein daily in the world mm -hmm. yeah yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's not the sort of people we are targeting with this Fishery February campaign. Um, we we know that fisheries are a part of human life. Uh, people are going to eat fish, people are going to be fishing. It's, it's a job and it's a source of protein for so many people around the world. Um, what we're focusing on is basically uh, people who are in a position where they have um, the the sort of opportunity to choose what they want to eat and, and, and where their food comes from those are the sorts of people who have that uh, human voice that we, we would like to see a reduction in seafood. Mindfulness of what you eat, for sure. Um, 
Another question. What would you say is one of your best dive stories ever? I see you have lots of um, pictures with manta rays and the mm. sea lion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been super lucky. I've done some incredible diving all around the world. Um, I've seen some, some awesome sights in the ocean as well as like the, the bad side of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I've swum with humpback whales, which is wow. incredible. Pristine coral reefs in, in areas like Rajampat in um, Indonesia, which are absolutely stunning. And then, yeah, some of the, the manta encounters I had in the Maldives, um, working with the Manta Trust, um, there's nothing really quite like it. 150 uh, three meter mantas all swimming around the area, sort of the size of a football field. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's up there with sort of, I would say, one of the the natural world. Um, you think about um like serengeti and, and wildebeest crossing um yeah and stuff like that i'd say it's it kind of up there with those sorts of, of interactions of course do you prefer life underwater or <laughs> on land uh yeah i prefer underwater it's just that's awesome yeah it's uh yeah. more comfortable for me uh going to the jungle there's all sorts of bugs it's hot and sweaty stuff like that underwater it's Nice and cool. It's quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are there any other conscious choices that you make in your day-to-day -day life? I'm assuming you already don't eat fish, right? So. Yeah, I, I very rarely eat fish. If I'm um, out doing research somewhere um, where the most sustainable source of protein is fish, um, like when I'm out in the Maldives, I'll sometimes eat seafood. Um, but yeah, I don't eat, I don't eat seafood, um, pretty much. I rarely eat meat. I'm, yeah, say flexitarian, try to avoid, uh, meat products as much as possible. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a car. I cycle or walk or take public transport as much as I can. Um, yeah, kind of the general, I avoid single use plastic. I have reusable water bottles, um, stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty much like me as well. I guess yeah, I mean, kind of there are so, break, yeah. yeah, there are so many things that people can do. It's just small little things that are just being, uh, more conscious about what you're consuming. Um, overfishing it kind of goes for everything. It's just overconsumption by humans of, of everything. Overconsumption of, of yeah, food we eat, petrol driving too much, stuff like that. Um, yeah, plastic. Great. Does anybody have any more questions? I feel like we have a few friends from Bangkok in here. That would be great to speak to, but not sure. Hi, Jason. Do you have a question for us? Hey, Mamie. <laughs> Well, I guess everyone's saying hi, but no questions. How's the um, the Green Grows organization going? It's going good. Um, well, hopefully once this, everything with COVID calms down a little bit, I can resume my volunteer work. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward for it. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are, you're doing cleanups around the mangroves and then planting um, new mango trees, is that right? So 
cleaning up the coastal area where the mangroves grow because it's all where like local developments live well not even a development more like villages and communities and then um a community-led day of planting mangroves and just peer-to-peer -peer education with some of the local students there and yeah i was really lucky to be able to do one like host um a week of that this year earlier right before the pandemic broke out and yeah. looking forward to complete my goal of 20,000 mangroves wow so i have a lot of catching up to do <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um yeah i was supposed to be back in bangkok uh this winter for our 10-year NIST anniversary i think but i don't know if that's going to happen um but yeah if i'm back in thailand i'd love to um, yeah no of course i would love to um, do something with NIST as well actually mm. Uh, we have one question from Anders. Hi, um, for Simon. What's your opinion on fishing farms, as there are many in the UK? Mm. Yeah, so that's um, kind of a trend that's becoming more and more popular. Aquaculture. Yeah. Um, it's it's a the mixed bag kind of thing. There are some positives to come of it for sure. Um, obviously, you're not impacting the wild populations, taking from the wild populations, which is um good but there are a lot of negative side effects of fish farms which they are working to improve and sort of um fix up so um like up in scotland there's a lot of salmon farms um yeah. when you put so many animals we've seen this from um covid when you put so many animals in a sort of small tight compact area uh diseases and and um viruses and stuff are so much more easy to spread between individuals and they just sort of take off and spread throughout the whole population so a lot of uh fish farms have big issues with uh like sea lice and stuff like that and diseases so in order to prevent that they start pumping in um, pesticides and sort of like medication essentially to stop these out, out um outspreads but then the issue comes when these fish start to like sometimes these uh, cages they break free um there was a storm earlier this year up in in scotland and i think there's a ridiculous number of of farmed salmon were released into the wild and they all had like deformities and were all a bit messed up and um the local fishermen who were fishing in the rivers and stuff were told not to eat these fish and to just kill them um, and it seems a bit weird that these are fish being farmed for consumption and yet when they like break free and are suddenly wild uh, we're told that they're not really actually safe to eat it's a bit worrying um but yeah no it's it's definitely a, ho a hopeful kind of area um if they can overcome some of these issues with um diseases and yeah you got all those fish they're all pooping into the water and that the whole area around the fish farms into kind of a, a dead zone um it can deplete all the oxygen stuff like that and yeah really mess up the local ecosystem so a lot of work to be done but yeah a lot of potential with fish farms for sure i think that goes the same for like regular agriculture as well right which mm. is why it's so important that we preserve biodiversity and life on earth and yeah rewilding and like natural growth because if not it's just going to break out into more diseases and yeah for sure that we're seeing now so it's it's like we we know the issues with this and we have the technology available it's just implementing it and sort of changing the um 
yeah practices that have been the same for so many years and changing sort of farming techniques to be planting lots of different crops instead of one monoculture of crops and stuff like that just improves the sort of health of of the whole yeah ecosystem whether it's on land or in the ocean um, so yeah and our ocean is very important as it regulates our climate and stores 90% of the carbon emissions and we get most of our oxygen from it. So if we don't protect the fish and, you know, aren't mindful of where we're getting our source of protein, then the ocean will be able to protect us. So it's really a symbiotic relationship that we really have to look after. Yeah, absolutely. And with the oceans, it's, it is a tricky one because so many people aren't that connected with it. Um, yeah. They get too far from the ocean or they go to the beach, they sort of sunbathe and stuff. But do they ever actually get into the ocean? Do they ever see these animals? Like, I mean, if you go to a restaurant and order sea bass, like how many people have actually seen what a sea bass really looks like? So they're just yeah. so disconnected from, from that uh, environment. Um, a phrase that's so often used in, in marine conservation is out of sight, out of mind. Um, and it's so true. Like the vast majority of the population on the planet don't think about what's going on under the under the surface of the water because they never see it. And yes, that's kind of what I want to try and change a little bit, bring some yeah, through my underwater photography and stuff, bring that yeah. to people who don't get in the water, who don't know what's going on, um, to show them the amazing beauty of the, the underwater world, but also bring them kind of the issues and, and yeah, raise awareness about the thing. Yeah, everybody should check out Simon's profile. He's got great videos and images. It's yeah. Thank you. And they do really well on Instagram as well. I've noticed. Like one of I reposted like a video of like underwater of the mangroves and the corals, and it got like thirty thousand views. Yeah, I mean, it's great. The under the underwater world is uh, is a very pretty place. It, there's so yeah. much color, so much light, so vibrant. Um, it's not surprising that of the underwater world do well on Instagram. Um, it's just hopefully the message gets across as well, not just lots of likes and so. pretty pictures. Hopefully there's some sort of message. So. It's Movember. <laughs> Coming off at the end of the month. Strong look. <laughs> Great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to ask? I mean, or say? Um, I don't think so. I mean, fishery February, it's, yeah, it's only a couple of months away until February. Um, do check out our website, fisheryfebruary.com. Um, and we have a pledge section. Where we're asking people who do want to support the, um, uh, the campaign to go onto the website and sort of sign your name up onto the pledge. I think we had close to 200 people um, going fish free February last year. Um, and yeah, this year we're trying to aim for a thousand people, which would be incredible. Um, so yeah, if you're keen to sort of help out and not eat fish for February and help raise awareness, um, yeah, go and sign the pledge. Fishfreefebruary.com slash pledge would be brilliant. I think there was one question that popped up asking about um, how much seafood is wasted. Yeah, uh, that's my dear friend Boris. Yes, yeah, that's, uh, Boris. that's a really good um, question, a really good point, and it's uh, it's quite scary amounts. Um, there's kind of all sorts of levels of this. So, uh, 
if fishermen go out and they catch uh, fish, there's a whole load of sort of bycatch that can come along with that. So that's um, animals that they weren't specifically targeting. When people talk about bycatch, they often talk about like sharks and dolphins and uh, turtles, seabirds and stuff like that, which is 100% true. And those animals are being killed. But there are also a lot of um, other species of fish which are not as valuable so if they're asked a tuna or salmon or whatever cod the other less valuable fish if a fisherman has only so much room on their boat they're going to want to fill it with the most valuable fish they can so yeah. anything that's not quite as valuable they're going to chuck back over the side um yeah maybe it will survive but there's a good chance that it's been stressed so much that um that they don't actually survive and uh yeah so there's bycatch of like vulnerable species, but then also an immense amount of, of wastage in terms of um, bycatch of just non-target species. Great. Thank you so much, Simon. Awesome. No worries. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, no, um, I definitely learned some new things and I hope everybody is able to take away something from this as well. Um, and remember, save our ocean so the ocean can protect us. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for, for yeah, helping raise awareness and speaking out for the ocean as well. Um, no, for sure. I hope to collaborate with Fish Free February again, and I'll be tagging it in all our posts. So. Awesome. Thanks so much. But okay, thank you everyone for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. I hope you all learned something. And yeah, I guess I'll see everybody next week. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Yolanda. Thanks. Bye, Simon.